Carla, generally you ask all the questions. Today we're doing things a little bit different for our end of year festive episode. So to start with, how does it feel to be an interviewee? Well, I like the fact I've had to do absolutely zero prep for this, which is, you know, that makes a little bit of a change. Although I do think just by my very nature and because I've got this innate journalist inside me, because that's where I started my career, I usually, even if someone's interviewing me, manage to flip it around and ask them some questions. So we'll see how we go on that today. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm Akeem Nickel, and I'm usually the producer of this podcast for Carla. But today we're turning things a bit around in this end of year special. Today, Carla Basacci, the CEO of WGSN, will enter the hot seat and I will ask her some of the questions that she has asked all her guests in the past year. So listen in and find out what makes her tick, drives her in her role as CEO of WGSN and what she thinks the future of trend forecasting looks like. Carla, you ready? I'm all ready. Here's one of your classics to begin with. Please tell me what was the pivotal moment or person in your career that's had the most impact on getting you to where you are now? There have been lots of different people and lots of different moments, but I think probably the big turning point for me was I'd worked a lots of mainly digital magazines and I was at, I'd just moved to AOL and I was in the process of launching some new digital titles for them. And I was standing on the train platform, Barnesbridge Station, where I lived at the time. And an email came through from the guy who was the chief exec of AOL at the time, Tim Armstrong, saying that AOL were buying the Huffington Post. And I was a huge fan of the Huffington Post. I used to read it sort of religiously. And so I got on the train and I Googled Ariana Huffington's email address and I sent her an email on the train saying, I'm a huge fan. I understand Huffington Post is being bought by AOL. I'm the editor-in-chief in the UK, and I'd love the chance to launch HuffPost for you in the UK. And uh, she responded. Later that day, we got on a call later that week, and very long story short, ended up uh, launching the HuffPost here. And that was a big kind of pivotal change for me. I went from more kind of magazine style, lifestyle, fashion into news and politics, which I was very passionate about. And I think that probably set me more on this kind of path towards a sort of chief exec role rather than just on the creative side of a business. One thing that you said there that really jumped out to me is your actions were really gutsy and bold. Is that something that you've always had or is that sort of developed over your career? I didn't think about it in that way. It was just, it was, well, it wasn't even an opportunity I jumped at. It was just something I loved. And I think probably that's probably more the way I've architected my career. I'm not sure I've necessarily have architected it, but when I see opportunities, I do often go for them. And I've, I don't think I've ever been afraid about articulating what I want or where I see myself going. And I think there's a difference between sort of demanding things of people and just being open. And I think sometimes people are slightly scared to be open about what they want because it might not happen. I've gone for loads of jobs in my life, which I haven't got. I've articulated the fact that I want things and they have certainly have not happened immediately, but I've never been worried about people judging me. I think that's uh, something that maybe people that are aspiring to get on in their careers something that they can take away is actually just send that email or send that DM and just reach out to that person because you never know what could actually happen. There are people within my organisation at the moment, within WGSN, who have contacted me like very strange, uh, strange routes. So Bethan, who's our executive editorial director, we had advertised a role and she had applied for it and hadn't got anywhere. And she contacted me via Instagram and said, look, I know this is, you know, forgive me, this is a very unusual route. 
but I think I would be perfect for this role. And I don't think that's getting through your HR department. And in a very, very short DM told me about herself. And I was like, okay, well, the worst we can do is interview. And lo and behold, years later, she's, you know, she's in a really senior position within my editorial team. Gutsy and bold. I think that's the overarching theme there. Shifting gears ever so slightly, Carla, we're coming towards the end of the year. What would you say is your biggest achievement as CEO at WGSN this year? So this year has been, been quite an unusual year for us because our parent company, Essential, is splitting up and going in lots of different uh, ways. And we have been sold as part of that process. And so about a year ago, the group chief exec, Duncan Painter, who is the person who hired me originally, has been a kind of mentor figure to me, called me up and said, WGSN is going to be sold. And it was a very short conversation, but, you know, this will be you know, a great opportunity for you and it will be a lot of hard work. And it has been a lot of hard work. So I've spent a lot of this year on the road pitching WGSN to private equity houses uh, and other interested parties. And I love talking about WGSN. I can talk about WGSN till the cows come home. So it sounded like, you know, this is going to be an amazing year. I just get to talk about WGSN. But it has been, it's been hard work. But we are in the process of being sold. We will have new owners uh, come 2024, a private equity house called Apex Partners. I'm really proud of myself and the team and how we managed to articulate the value of WGSN to our new owners. And in that process, is there something that you quite familiar with? You went into it knowing kind of what it was going to look like or did it change along the way? And did you sort of have lots of things that surprised you along that process? I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I sell WGSN every day because I talk about it to clients and people who are going to utilise our services, but not in this kind of way. And the sort of level of detail and questioning that you have to go through and the people that you're interacting with. So bankers and the lawyers, you know, there's a, there's huge numbers of people who kind of end up being part of this process. And, you know, right from the start, I had to say many, many times, you're all talking language I don't understand. You know, you're using words that I don't understand. You need to explain this to me because there's lots of different abbreviations for important documents or processes that you'll go through. So it has been a huge learning curve. I feel like I've done like an MBA on the fly this year as we've gone through that process. I often talk about a measure of success. In your role as CEO of WGSN, Carla, what would you say your measure of success is? What does that equate to? What does that look like for you? It equates to amazing brands and businesses who get huge value out of what we do. And if we're making brands successful, then I'm doing a good job and my team are doing a good job. If we're making individuals within those brands successful, we're doing a brilliant job. So that's absolutely how I peg my level of success. Have we got, you know, the kind of brands that, you know, you and I are wearing at the moment that we've got in our kitchen cupboards, in our bathroom cupboards, you know, all those brands that people know and love. And we're very much that kind of secret source behind them. But, you know, I'm talking to, you know, execs and creative directors and designers and marketeers and buyers within those brands all the time. And if they're telling me that they can't do their job without WGSN, then I know that we're being successful. That's what it's all about for me. You've spoken about career progression on our Future of Work episode with Sarah Moore from PwC. For you as CEO, what would you say your career goals are for 2024? There's always growing the business because coming back to the success of this company is how successful we make others. And therefore, the more businesses we're making successful, then I know that we're doing a good job. So 
it will always be growing what we do. A lot of what we're doing is ensuring that the amazing trend forecasting skills and expertise that we have, that we can showcase that more and more industries use it. Our background's very much in the fashion industry. We're really well known in the fashion industry. And we've been on this journey for about pretty much since I've been with the company, which is nine years now, you know, taking that trend forecasting expertise into new industries and showing them the value of really connecting with what consumers want. So it will always be the kind of growth that we deliver because we've got that customer success. That for me will be a really successful 2024. But it's also bringing, you know, new people into the business as well. WGSN is very people-based. We have lots of people who stay with us for long periods of time, now myself included. This is the longest I've ever worked in any company because of what we do. And it's so exciting and so unique, but also because we attract amazing, creative, talented individuals. So that's also part of my job, making sure that we've got those kind of people coming into the company and we're keeping them motivated and and energized and challenged throughout what they're doing as well. So I guess it's those two sides, it's the internal and the external. This might be a tough one, Carla. I want you to tell me about a situation at work where you've struggled, felt an added weight of pressure from your normal day to day. What's your approach? Who do you lean on for support in terms of navigating through that? Hold on a minute. I hate CEOs or senior members of any business who get their little violin out and start complaining about how difficult their lives are. You know, if you get into one of these roles, there is responsibility that comes with that. But you also have a lot of support around you as well. So I never like moaning. And also, I'm in this because this is what I wanted to do. So you can't moan and complain about it. Having said all of that... (laughs) You've got a lot of people who want your time. And I do feel a huge amount of responsibility to all sorts of different people, you know, boards, owners in the future, my team, the customers around us, and making sure that I hear and I find time to listen to everybody's inputs, whether that's positive or negative. And I would say the toughest days are where I just feel I've completely run out of time and I'm exhausted And, you know, we had a long day yesterday, we're in budget process and, you know, and it was, you know, there was no time to go to the bathroom, there was no time to get a glass of water, you just went for it. And by the end, we were all exhausted and we were all being a bit snappy with each other. And that, I know I'm not at my best in that situation. So I think those situations are are quite challenging. So it's that time. It's time for some reoccurring questions. Yes, I'm really looking forward to this, having done this to so many people and now it's my turn. (laughs) Great stuff. So we normally ask this to every guest and we're going to do the same for you. But to make things more difficult, we've changed the questions ever so slightly. Are you ready? I'm ready. Good, that's what I love to hear. How are you feeling right now? Oh, I'm feeling happy. Christmas is just around the corner and I love Christmas. And I'm a little bit stressed because there is so much that needs to be done before then. So I would say happy, but slightly stressed. That's probably my modus operandi um, most times. What is your worst characteristic? I take things very personally. And so I can have a slightly emotional response to things that probably don't need an emotional response. Now, this is meant to be a really snappy part, but I had this question in and I wanted to ask you about it because you've mentioned it in a TED talk that you take things personally and I do the same thing. How do you stop that trait becoming a detriment to your work? I think probably one of the things I've learned is that sometimes you just have to embrace all the different aspects of yourself. You know, I'm in my mid-40s now. I'm probably not going to change massively. So try and take what maybe could be a negative and turn it into a positive. So I take things personally, and therefore that means I really care 
that is a good attribute, I think, to have when you're in a role like mine and especially when you're working in an industry. But I think you've also got to sometimes be able to take, you know, a step back. You did ask about, you know, how I cope with those situations. And I am really lucky because I have an amazing, amazing family. I've got an amazing husband and they will allow me to go and cry on their shoulder. (laughs) And I will do that. You know, if I've had a really tough day, sometimes a little sob at the end of it is quite a good medicine. And my husband is very patient with that. And he kind of knows that I will need to go through that. But I'm also able to kind of bounce back up very, very quickly. I love the answer. And I want to take that advice on board. What's your favourite saying? I love that. I do say the word perfect quite a lot, I've realised. Like, and again, I think that's because I'm just a naturally positive person. So it's not really a saying, but if it was a word, I think I'd probably say the word perfect. Probably more times than is appropriate, because let's face it, very, very few things in life are perfect. What is the last song you listened to on Spotify? Well, I know it was Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming back, I was um, in the office uh, in London yesterday and then I had a work dinner and I was coming back quite late and I had Taylor Swift pumping through my ears and it was trouble. That was the last song I was listening to. Amazing. Right, so let's get back to the subject of today. It's our end of year special and we're getting to know you. WGSN turned 25 this year. If I asked you to tell me about the future of trend forecasting, sort of five to ten years from now, what would you say that space looks like? So trend forecasting is all about basically connecting consumer behaviour to the products and experiences that they're going to need and want and buy as part of their, their lifestyles. And consumers are only getting more demanding and I would argue sort of more complicated, not because humans are more complicated, but we're so connected and we are only going to be more connected in the future. And so if you are a brand and you want to be able to create things that consumers, that's going to resonate with consumers, you've really got to get inside their heads. And so I think what we do will only grow in importance. Technology will enable us to gather more and more data points, but you will need to overlay more and more qualitative expertise. You know, we live in a big data world right now. There's masses of data out there. Some of the world's kind of biggest data scrapers are some of our biggest clients, because when you've got all of that data, you need people who can make sense of it. And so I think that's how it will evolve in the future. And we've certainly, you know, put all the foundations down for that now. But I also think that the importance of trend forecasting will grow through many, many industries, because there are certain industries, actually even things like food and drink, where you know, people have still got products in their cupboards that they consumed when they were kids. You know, think about cereals or types of bread. And it has got more trend-led because we travel more, we connect with different foods and different beverages because we experience them or we hear about them and we want to be able to have those where wherever we might live, even if that's not kind of, you know, where it came from. But there are still the, the kind of staples that sit there. So I think that kind of proliferation of choice and options and demands, that will only get more and that will disrupt more and more industries, which means trend forecasting becomes more and more important outside of where you would naturally think that we sit at the moment. So does that mean WGSN is just going to continue to grow and there's going to be lots more clients for you to service? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's why I've stayed here. You know, I've worked for some amazing brands during my career, but I've stayed with WGSN because it only gets more exciting and it only gets more interesting. And 
you know, I talk to people from all sorts of different industries on a regular basis and their struggles because they are trying to please lots of different consumer types and different consumer types in different countries, different parts of the world, different age demographics. There are so many ways that you can kind of cut and slice demographics now. And everybody wants a version of something. And we still are quite tribal as well, which is why trends, you know, still still have such importance. So the way that we do that and the way that industries need that, that continues to evolve. It gets faster, it gets more dynamic. There are so many layers to it. And I think that's why WGSN, you know, continues to resonate, why it grows. And, and it's certainly why I'm still here and why I'm so excited by it. I love that answer, Carla. And it sort of bleeds into my next one, really. Maintaining excellence, being able to maintain excellence. Whenever I Google WGSN, it says global lead in trend forecasting. So what's the secret ingredient? How do you maintain that title and that mantra of being global leaders in trend forecasting? You can never just sit on your laurels, to use a bit of a cliche there, but just presume that because you're number one in your market, that you're going to stay there. So I'm always asking our clients, what could we do better? I'm always asking our team, what do you think we should be doing that's new, that's different? And sometimes you kind of have to, and this is a bit of a cliche, but you kind of have to disrupt yourself before someone else comes along and disrupts you. And so you test things. We've tested loads of things which haven't worked, but that's fine because you continue to test them. And sometimes you do things too early and therefore you need to kind of slow down to wait for an industry to catch up with you or wait for your clients to catch up with you or you push them as well. And, you know, again, we're always looking to the future. So we have to be doing that for our client base and we have to be doing that for ourselves. I think a lot of it comes down to being really curious as well. Like I read a lot and I'm always fascinated by what's going on in other places and what other people are doing. And, you know, people will offer to introduce me to other people in similar roles or similar industries or actually totally different industries and totally different roles. And I will usually definitely try and make time to do that because I think you learn something even from what might at surface not be the most exciting conversation, but you'll definitely learn something. And so I am innately curious with everybody, with everything. And I think that also really keeps you on your toes because there's always other ideas out there. Curiosity drives us both. And my last question, are you more anxious or hopeful about the future of WGSN? Always hopeful. Always. I am a glass half full kind of person. I'm an optimist by nature. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Carla. I've learned loads about you that I didn't know before. Feel enriched by this conversation and I can take loads of advice from this discussion today. So thank you for your time. No, thank you. And that's it for this special episode where we turned things around and made Carla Basacci our guest. Fear not, normal business will be restored. Carla will swap back into her host role again for all of our future episodes of Lives of Tomorrow. But thank you for letting me be your host for this episode. I'm Akeem Nickel, producer of Lives of Tomorrow, and we'll see you again next time. <laughs>